Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our review of Outlaw King, newly available on Netflix. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. But... As Netflix has been doing lately, coming to a theater near you may have been disrupted by an internet company and become coming to a living room near you as they have been releasing film upon film upon film upon film. Next week, we're going to have a film coming out from uh, the Coen brothers that was released on Netflix. Never heard of them. In the future. Um, And uh, here we're talking about Outlaw King. Um, It is one that came out. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how long this episode is going to be. (laughs) Uh, but we're going to talk about it. But I mean, in the meantime, as we're getting into it, we've been kind of as as we mentioned, we've had tra- we have travels coming up, so we're trying to record as much as we can so that there's enough things to kind of blanket our feed while we're out doing our thing, much um, like Netflix is doing with movies. <laughs> exactly. Um, but for now. Uh, this is going to be the first episode probably in this batch that I might as well throw in some banter at the beginning because, um, well, I mean. This is going to be a short episode. <laughs> uh, but for now, I mean, Stephen, you finally just recently have jumped on the bandwagon of Game of Thrones. Um, you finally maybe been bitten by that itch, uh, but you've, you've caught up on everything. And now you're sitting like the rest of us people waiting for the next and final last season to come out of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Question to you is, does this hold you over <laughs> In the Game of Thrones-ish type of world. I mean, I mean you it, have betrayal. You mm-hmm. have sword combat. Yep. You have... Stannis Baratheon. Stannis Baratheon. <laughs> you have all sorts of things. You have everything that you would get with Game of Thrones, minus having uh, five other seasons to sort of build and love those characters. Right. Um, you got uh, people being just uh, killed left and right. Um, you it definitely have... satisfies a little bit of the same itch. I mean, there's lots of Game of thrones parallels, not just the characters in it. I mean... Stannis is the obvious one. I bet a bunch of the secondary actors are in Game of Thrones too. I can only probably. Imagine. I mean, there's only so many people that can act in. There's a film so like many, this so anyways. only so many British people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely it satisfied the same itch. And one thing that I was going to say in the movie proper is that like I think my experience with this movie would have been different if I had not watched Game of Thrones. Finally, do would uh, you think you would have liked it more? I do. Okay. I, th- I think <laughs> I think I would have liked this movie more if not for how recently I watched Game of Thrones, in particularly the battle scenes in Game of thrones um but yeah i mean this definitely fills that same void i'm gonna be honest like whatever my review is we don't plan any of these ahead of time so like i don't fully know what the conversation is going to be or where it's going to go or whatever it's still kind of gratifying no matter what to get some of that like epic violence and just know you're in for like a time when chivalry was called off right like there's just something (laughs) there's something there this, this is fucking chivalry. Chivalry is literally called off in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but when chivalry is dead, that's when the crazy haircuts go out to fight each other. I will say there was a there's a moment in this film where somebody says I'm going to raise the dragons, and I went, I sat up, and was like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's probably a metaphor. Just a banner. <laughs> this is a different. This is a different film right now. <laughs> I had that feeling as well. Uh, it would have been nice if there were some dragons. Yeah. Just saying. now, I have to ask you. We went to Scotland last year. Did that like <laughs> up this at all for you? Yeah, I mean, so so uh, we we went to Isla, and uh, Stephen texted me. He's like, "Holy shit, they went to Isla!" And I was like, "Yeah, I didn't respond to it." But also, I was like, "Yeah," because <laughs> I like I don't know necessarily how on location this was shot, but it definitely felt like they actually shot it on Isla to me. <laughs> 
the, the coastline seemed right. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it, it was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but I was also, it, it, I, I think, I mean, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll just, let's just get into yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to burn everything that we're going to do before we get to the review. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're yeah, sacking we're castles. <laughs> um, all right. So we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Outlaw um, King. <laughs> it's really hard not to say Outlaw Star, uh-huh. uh, which is a great anime. Um, but uh, Outlaw King, uh, or as the title card says, Outlaw slash King, because this person is both an outlaw and a king. Oh, shit. Um, I need to rewatch it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for this, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Thinking about revenge. Where's Robert? Where's your husband? It tears at the soul. Where's your brother? But it can also be a weapon. I'm done with running and I'm sick of hiding. Power is making decisions. And whatever course you are charting, I choose you. My husband. We need to unite Scotland. Robert the Bruce is an outlaw. Any man or woman who would give shelter to him or his ranks is to be executed without trial. The people are desperate for justice. I serve Robert Bruce! Join us to free our lives! I have 50 men to fight the strongest army in the world. This is how we do it. Take the land back, castle by castle. We could fight for God. For country. For family. I do not care. So long as you fight! Alright, so Outlaw King. I'm gonna do a horrible job explaining this plot. Uh basically it is about this guy. This is like drunk history, but Chris is sober. <laughs> uh yeah, this is this is three deep three reviews deep, Chris sober. Um yeah, Outlaw King uh, basically about this man, uh Robert Bruce. <laughs> son of Robert Bruce, son of Robert Bruce, son of Robert Bruce, son of Isabella. <laughs> That was an actual line of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, they just—I don't know why they weren't using begat somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, it's about this man. Um, they have uh, sort of been forced against their own hand to um, pledge allegiance to some guy with a crown, <laughs> Stannis Brackman, <laughs> and uh, essentially they have to try to uh, live peacefully amongst the different groups of people. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Sir William Wallace (laughs) has been killed, and that sort of sends them off on their own way of having to overthrow the current king. Um, (laughs) Sir Robert Bruce is dubbed the King of Scots and has to kind of attempt to raise an army to overthrow the king that is currently 
being in power, and uh, that may or may not go so well for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. History um, will tell. <laughs> uh, Stephen Miller, what did I leave out of the description for this film, and what did you think of it? Probably uh, it's adjacency to Braveheart. Uh, the, I don't know if you mentioned that it's uh, the English that they're trying to overthrow, <laughs> the, the age-old struggle of the Scots being, you know, controlled by the English versus rebelling and, uh, you know, trying to be their own people. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, that's a that's about it. That's where the movie is. You know, it's in one of these rebellions. I think Robert the Bruce is quite a famous historical figure in Scotland, at least. I think he's kind of seen as, like, this great warrior or someone who brought the Scots back. Uh, he didn't unify the tribes. I think he killed a lot of other tribes. But, like, <laughs> this movie is definitely interested in making him out to be a kind of grand hero for well, I mean, the Scots. I mean, like, if, if we can jump ahead, I mean, since it's... it's, it's Spoilers, Scotland exists. Yeah, this is roughly a historical uh, tale. Um, The title cards even admit that, like, uh, this wasn't fixing anything. anything. This was just the beginning of something else. Yeah. It's basically saying, like, if you want this story, we're going to have to make a bunch of other movies. Right. We've got many centuries of back and forth before (laughs) anything happens. Yeah. But anyways, what did you think of Outlaw King? Yeah, so I will say I wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did, but I didn't dislike this movie as much as my brain wants me to. <laughs> I think, I think like, you know, you asked me about Game of Thrones, and what I was going to say in this movie is that, like, in this review, I think I would have felt a lot more of a visceral thrill watching this movie if I hadn't just watched The Battle of the Bastards, like, a few months ago. Yeah. So the idea of this kind of riotous medieval blood-soaked battle including like the trickery the like maneuvers that make one group be outnumbered what a slaughter looks like what it looks like when someone like steps on the other's toes and comes in the middle of the night and raises their forest you know like for all i know um game of thrones like borrowed heavily from this mythology in particular right like this kind of history to see like how somebody who is ostensibly down on their luck could come back and win a thing um but with that said, like, compared to that show, the production quality of this movie is just not that high. Like, I don't really understand what kind of movie this is because David McKenzie has been pretty successful lately in an international audience. I don't know how widespread Startup was, but I love that movie. I think we were both very into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heller I Water got a lot of praise. Um, like, <laughs> Not from us. Yeah, we, we weren't as high on Heller High Water, but it definitely got a lot of critical love and was seen yeah. as, like quite the success uh, for Mackenzie and Sheridan. And this movie, like, it it seems like it should be the kind of big perfunctory movie that you do, like, all right, now I'm going to do a war movie, except it, I don't think it is that. I think it's, like, a passion piece that he made, like, something that he just really, really, really wanted to do because I don't think anyone was clamoring for this movie. I don't think a big studio was, like, forcing it to exist. I think this is, like, very much a part of Scottish lore or Scottish history, and it's just, like... We want something more than Braveheart, right? Like we yeah. we want another one. We literally want story. Braveheart plus plus. Yeah, we want the conclusion, <laughs> or at least the the next installment of the series. Um, but with that said, like when I compare it to something like Startup or Hell or High Water, I just felt like this lacked like a directorial fingerprint. It lacked a style. I I couldn't really tell you the visual style of this movie at all. It just kind of felt like 
almost a TV movie to me of like, we are just going to tell you how this happened. Everyone is going to have haircuts that signify what era we're in. But <laughs> otherwise, which, which side of the war they're on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but otherwise, we're not really going to play that much with anything. Like, there are a few moments where he gets kind of like green grassy or Michael Bay y. Like, there are moments of kind of shaky cam where it's a little frenetic, and I'm like, oh, what's, what's happening? Is this about to get more high energy? But for the most part, he plays it very straight. It's like a very straightforward movie. I feel like. It could have been made by almost anyone. Um, and, like, at a, Chris Pine is an interesting choice of the lead. I don't think he carries, like, the kind of grisly masculinity that, like, Robert the Bruce is supposed to have. We saw his grisly masculinity. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the famous uh, uh, Chris Pine scene. We saw Chris is fine. Yeah. Um, but, like, with that aside, I, he felt like a kind of weird choice for the lead here just because... He's good at a lot of things. Like, I love I love Chris Pine, don't get me wrong. He's a great leading man, but he is not, you know, a William Wallace-y character, right? He's not someone that I necessarily believe, like, screaming into battle. That just isn't playing to his strengths, I don't think. Um, this movie had a lot of fun moments in it. There's a kind of Robin Hoody enjoyment of watching the underdogs start to succeed against... It's always the British. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, watching them kind of pull fast ones and play dirty. Uh, there are some side characters like your favorite boy, Douglas. <laughs> Douglas! Aaron, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, who is... like th- Those are very amusing to watch in a very kind of... I totally forgot that was him. Yeah, in, in a very like guilty, you know, again, Game of Thronesy way of like, this is going to be savage bloodshed and we are just going to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, like... I didn't not like watching this. Like, even though I can I can criticize this movie for, like, not standing out in any way, I was completely fine with it as a Netflix rental. Like, the moment I realized, oh, I'm about to watch, like, another Braveheart-type movie, cool. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get my extra two hours of Game of Thrones or whatever, and it isn't going to be of the same, like, extreme craft, maybe. It isn't going to be as as big budget, for instance, as the battles in Game of Thrones or as high stakes personally for that. It still had that enjoyment, and I still thought, I don't know, the Scottish landscape is pretty, and <laughs> it was mostly paced okay. Like, I don't have a whole lot more to say. It was fine. I didn't hate it. It just didn't, it felt like anybody could have made it, and I don't really know why it came out right now. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, if I, if I, so, sometimes, Stephen, you put me in places where I feel like I have to defend things, even mm-hmm. though I don't think this film was worth defending. Um, I actually like Chris Pine in this role. I don't know why he needs to be in this role, but I think that he – what he is good at is this is not a man who is trying to fulfill this role. This is a man who's kind of accidentally thrust into this role mm-hmm. and kind of carrying out his duty. He's fighting a losing battle and trying really hard to win, win – and not really succeeding that like often. Chris Pine being thrust into a commander role <laughs> because of some rule of succession, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you get my point, though. Like, I, I, I think he is good enough in this role. Um, I think, for me, the, the real problem with this film, if we can compare it to something like Game of Thrones, is Game of Thrones is a bunch of made-up fucking people, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it takes influence from things, um, and it kind of bases certain allied groups upon real ones that may have existed in in the history. I don't know. But it's a bunch of made-up thing. Friggin' I care about those characters kind of from some of their introductions because their introductions make them into people that I want to root for. Sometimes rooting for villains because in the villain story, they are the good guys to somebody else who's a villain to them. And, like, there are moments where you care about all these people 
this film is a bunch of fucking people. And it started, and I'm like, William Wallace, I'm like, is this like post-Braveheart movie? Like, what is, is this supposed to be related? And then, like, I don't understand why William Wallace being killed means we have to suddenly go to war, even though the opening scene is pledging that we won't go to war. And then people talking about, like, well, you can't kill anybody in a church, killing somebody in a church. And it just, there was a series of things where, like, I don't get the significance of them. I don't have the background to the history of the war between the English and the Scots. Like, it's just one of those things where this film does not care if I care about the people we're following. So I have to wait till somebody becomes charismatic or makes me enjoy seeing them to actually care who they are. Mm. So people are big. Like there are scenes that are horrific, right? Just huge cities and villages being yeah. slaughtered in Some ways where like – quartering scenes that are pretty, <laughs> pretty Yeah, rough. but like things happen where I feel bad because the music is swelling and what I'm seeing looks sad – I don't know why I'm sad, though, other than... Human. I didn't always know which character it was. <laughs> that That is also true. Um, uh, so it just this film took a... It was really hard for me to be on board with this film, other than I'm watching people I don't care about war with each other. And obviously, one of the person... Like, there's a guy who's a huge fucking dick, <laughs> who is the young prince, and you're like, yeah. well... Cool. And then, like, suddenly his... Billy Howell, who you might remember from The Seagull as Constantine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so it's, like, one of those things where, like, he's the principal. He's going to be a problem later. And then his dad just randomly gets sick and dies. And then he, he becomes the dick that he always wanted to be, a dick mm-hmm. with a crown. But it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, was his dad sick before this scene? It just he's just like oh he, he mentioned stumbling, <laughs> no exactly like literally literally his father goes like oh got out of bed today and almost tripped pretty weird right next scene he's laying in a bed and he's like son I have to tell you when I die in thirty seconds I want you to do something for me <laughs> that's how it happens in the thirteen hundreds I mean maybe it is I just I felt like the way this film was plotted shouldn't eaten those swans <laughs> I just I just felt like the way this film was plotted was not in a way that wanted to bring me along for the ride, it was just clicking off beats of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I in the choreography is not as good as it is in Game of Thrones, but I think the resulting battlefields are terrific in this sure. film. Yeah. They What they do with practical blood spattering and mud is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the budget was for mud <laughs> and fake blood, but they spent it well. Mm. Um, I think... Th- Seeing people lay in the mess of battle was very impressive and looked very striking, and I liked that aspect of it. Um, outside of Douglas and Chris Pine, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't tell you a character I gave a shit about. Um, at some point, some character what about the Crown Kid. <laughs> I was going to say, at some point, the Crown Kid shows back up, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, you're alive!" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you." <laughs> It was just the thing where, like, I did not care about this film at any mm-hmm. point in time other than when they start sacking castles in, like, a guerrilla warfare style. And I was like, all right, we're, we're getting somewhere. You're just, like, throwing out the rules. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of cared when, like, they're like, raise the flag, chivalry's dead. And, like, it, it was kind of Buy cool. Buy these two swans and I'll throw in a third for free. <laughs> it, 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 that was... It started to be like, okay, cool, we're going to be somewhere. But then there's just I, – I, I did not like this film. Mm. <laughs> um, What's funny is you started this with – you put me in a weird position where I'm going to defend this movie. I know, and then the, you ended with I did not like this film. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, I mean, I, that's what I was saying. It was a weird position because I did not like this film, but mm-hmm. I still feel like I need to defend some things. Like, there are good things about this film. Sure. I just, I did not care about the story, and that's the problem because I am Christopher Schnazy and I care about story. So um, what, what's weird is, like, I did care about the story, and, like, I didn't care about the characters, but, like, the... I, I cared about the story in the sense of, like, going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole or watching, like, a History Channel anthology series or something. Like, I felt like, oh, cool. There's more to Braveheart. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. I'm into it. I'll never forget the, the Battle of... Uh... <laughs> he <laughs> that, says that turning to for, his laptop. That was meant for common purposes. But, but no, like, I, I got enjoyment of being in this period. Uh, there was something there that I liked, but it, it didn't propel itself that well, much. Okay, so, so here's an example of what I don't like about the story beats in this film. Uh, so Robert Bruce, mm-hmm. um, he is given a wife from somebody. He has this wife. He has sort of that, uh, uh, that sort of Tyrion Sansa marriage mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's like, he's like, all right. Obviously, we had to get married because we're uniting these two powers. I'm not going to do anything to you. You sleep in your bed. I'll sleep in mine. Don't worry. It's cool. Right? So it starts that way, right? Yeah. Literally, next scene is her going, I choose you, but there my is, husband. So one weird thing is that is like a two years later moment. They just don't say two years later, I don't think. Or maybe they do. I, I don't know. But like, It's a weird time show. There's one sort of... There, this is their version of a montage, mm. is in one scene she stands up for people who are too young to go to war being threatened to take off to war. She stands up and she slaps him and says, last time I knew, my father trained men, not boys. Right? She was played by Miss Piggy. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> oh, Kirby. <laughs> but no, so like it's this one scene where she stands up and Chris Pine's like, huh. I like feisty girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my best Scottish accent, yeah. if you couldn't tell. Oh, I like <laughs> I like them feisty. Nope. Uh, <laughs> cast Didn't this it. dress? <laughs> um, but it, it just, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get it that you're kind of like, ooh, look at this girl. And then she like smiles back at him like, ooh, I was being feisty for you, sire. <laughs> and then it just, and then now I'm supposed to believe that. Like, she is... See, I didn't get that vibe. I got more of, like, a Marjorie vibe where she's, like, I'm going to be, like, the beloved queen who does some good things. Yeah, but Marjorie, like, already was doing those altruistic things trying to help the people on her own. Mm-hmm. And now she was in a bad situation where she was, like, betrothed to the prince, which literally gave her the power to do things that she could do before. But now she could do it more from this other kingdom. And she was trying to learn how to uh, govern him by asserting to him like there's like she was power playing him this was mm-hmm. just like one person yelling about how her dad could beat them up and it was just i i just i, I didn't see that as equaling they're now in love mm-hmm. and then when she overhears the plan and then he's like oh shit am i going to have to kill this girl like i did the one dude in the <laughs> church she's like no i choose you my husband over my he's father he's not thinking he's going to have to kill her <laughs> I, I know but you can see the logical thread of where he Cornyn was. Cornyn like, was gonna, you know, he he was gonna ruin everything. Well, okay. For, first of all, that other guy, he literally said, "When I tell her dad of what your plan is, he's totally gonna murder you." So he kills him. Right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, she was once again in a situation where she'd be like, "When I tell my father what you are planning," and he could have just been like, "Exact." It's the exact same scenario. She deserved to die in that moment, according to the knowledge that he had. By his rules, not that I think she deserves to die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. 
Why are you standing up? <laughs> yes, she's to die, and I hope she burns in hell. Uh, Strong words. <laughs> no, but uh, it just it, like it 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 just didn't make sense. There's like beat jumps in this film that don't. Follow it all makes sense. sense. He kills Billy Corgan, then he gets the <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. It. I. I had some fun with it, nonetheless. But I also just thought it was a very vague movie. Like the people are not that memorable for the most part, except for like Chris Pine's character and Billy Howell's evil prince and Douglas. Like the, Aaron, the, the, those are basically like. The reasons to see this movie from a person perspective. So, so here's here's the thing too, right? Can I can I just get minor spoil? Uh, just, can I get spoilery? Sure. Without I, going into a real spoiler section, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say some things about the ending of this film. If you're really worried about spoilers, then just go away for like 30 seconds, and uh, you can come back after that. But this film ends with 5,000 men. Attacking 500 men. They get them in a situation where like 3,000 remaining men are like, well, we can't fight them on this exact spot. Let's retreat to the hill right there. And the film ends as though they won the battle. It's still 3,000 more men, probably 4,000. It's probably 4,050, like 4,500 more men. Like Like they couldn't have killed that many people in that moment. And they lost a lot of people as well. And the film ends as though this was the turning point in this battle between the Scots and the English. The problem is, all of those soldiers are still right there. They can just attack again. Are, are, is Robert Bruce's men just going to stand in the frickin' pit until it dries up? Like, you, they're, they're, I don't understand visually how this was winning. I get that they won the battle but not the war, but I just don't see how... A, the army is still – it might as well – if you have 500 men and they have 5,000 men, there's not a huge difference between 4,000 men and 5,000 men, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you have that many more thousands of men than you, any number plus your entire amount on the opposing side, that battle belongs to them. This isn't like a 300 hotgate situation where it's just hold them long enough for other forces to save the city behind us. This is like people celebrating that they won when they clearly did not. Like, you well, drove they, them they, back. They won, they won the battle. You're just saying they didn't obliterate the enemy. I'm saying that if those men decided to reattack them again, there's no evidence that they wouldn't have won. What they're saying is, let's regroup. Like, he goes, literally, fall back from this position because we can't fight them in the mud pit. But if they just stand around... They could literally encircle them and yeah, just wait know. for them to starve to death. I feel like they're retreating because they like they need new commands and their morale is shot because a bunch of them are dying and the people are holding better. Also, like this battle did happen. I know, <laughs> and it was the turning point. It was, but it, but was it a, an emotional turning point of where it showed that you can actually stand up against them and not die? Mm. Because that's a completely different statement. Nothing about the way that battle ended taught me that that was a turning point for anything other than a title – like a title card had to come up and say like that was a turning point. Like when they started retreating, everybody was raising their arms. I was like, don't celebrate. Like regroup. (laughs) Get ready for the next wave because they're about to stomp you out. 
Like the idea that everybody was just like, oh, well, I mean, we'll just go home because they killed some of our 5,000 men. Why don't I just go back to town and pretend like they can have the land? Like there's no way that happened just because the king that was making them fight died. Like if somebody said like, well, the king's dead. Fuck it. Let's go home. I would have been like, okay, sounds right. Yeah. But it, well, well, it could also just be that morale gets shot. Like your your plan isn't to lose your whole army, right? Your plan is to win so overwhelmingly that like most of your people are still around. <laughs> so like if you go into one battle – and again, it's about them knowing the terrain, so that's more of an emotional thing, right? Like, are they going to regroup again later that day? Probably not. They're probably exhausted, right? They're probably going to sleep on it and try again the next day, <laughs> at which point the guerrilla warfare tactics, they can do something different, right? But but you can lose 2,499 men, and most of your men have still survived. <laughs> sure, by technicality. But for instance, I think if you were in a battle of 5,000 men and you lost... 2,499, you are not thinking, let's keep fighting. You're thinking, like, fuck, how can I, like, end this situation, you know? Because that was not in the cards, right? That wasn't your plan, was to have your army cut in half, because you've got probably France and other, like, the Normans to fight, (laughs) too, and, like, you got to suppress whales at the same time. (laughs) But also, let's not forget that earlier in the film, they kill all of Rob... (laughs) <laughs> now I'm just talking full blown spoilers. Earlier in the film, there's an ambush that takes place using archers. Yeah. Did any archers show up to this battle? They're like, we don't even need the archers because we got horses. Yeah. Right? Like, why would they just not shoot arrows into them? Mm-hmm. If we can't attack them with horses, attack them with arrows. But nobody thought, you know what? They're kicking our ass in the mud. What if we just stood out of the mud and shot arrows into them? Mm. I don't know. I, I just feel that, like, You've already established these things in your two-hour-long movie. Why not just have your character? You have to tell me why that doesn't work. Did all of the bows in the kingdom die? Like, like what? What is going on? I don't. I, maybe in the rain you can't shoot a bow and arrow well. I don't know. <laughs> but they showed up, and then it started raining. So that's not even a good explanation. I have a more important question: How many of the haircuts in the movie did you have at one point growing up? <laughs> I've had none of those haircuts. I think I've had all of them. <laughs> Even the prince's haircut? Maybe my bowl cut wasn't that bad, but I that definitely was... my mom definitely gave me a bowl cut when I was a little kid. I, I had a bowl cut when I was younger. I had a step cut. Yeah. But you just didn't he, have like the bald the... Yeah, what he had was a fryer tuck. <laughs> like it was a fraggle haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I guess I never had it up to that level. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Also, what was he screaming at the end? <laughs> I don't remember. Ah! <laughs> I liked it. I liked the battle. I, I have no nitpicks with that battle. I was happy with the battle, happy with how it ended. I also emotionally felt like it was a turning point. I was into it. <laughs> cool. Because, you know, the guerrilla warfare is going to continue. Like, he's been raising his castles and stuff. He's been, you know, he's been sag- He's been burning down castles. Yeah. I mean, it's not like like I like how to the one, the one guy's like Douglas goes. I pledge my sword to you. The only thing that I want is to get my father's castle back. And he fucking burns it to the ground. Yeah, they burn them all to the ground. If I can't have them, no one can. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that was more fun than I expected it to be. Now the drop won't even make sense. The what? 
<laughs> the audio drop won't even work. I wanted Chris to end this episode with a quote where someone says, that was quick. And then the other person says, ah, you'd know plenty about that, wouldn't you, Seamus? <laughs> but this episode was respectable length. Like, no one, <laughs> no listener could be upset about the, the endurance of this episode. This, this episode turned out to be a pretty good wedding <laughs> length. <Yep. laughs> not, not too shabby. Uh, should we get to verdicts? Yeah. All right, Stephen Miller. Even though this is a Netflix film, which can only be rented for free, mm-hmm. uh, would you give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must-avoid? Uh, I'm going to pass with the caveat. I thought there was... There was stuff worth liking here. I didn't dislike it. I had a totally fine time. I just found it very bland. And normally for middle of the road, I do wait for rental. So maybe I'm being inconsistent here. But it's just, for what it was, I just felt like it could have done more. I'm a fan of this director. I'm a fan of the people involved in this movie. And I just feel like it it should have left more of an impression than it did. So pass for the caveat. Caveat being... It's it's not all bad. It's not even mostly bad, I think. It's like it's an entertaining movie to watch. I just don't it didn't leave a fingerprint in a way that I would have wanted it to. Yep. I think this film was less start up and more start down. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a pass to the caveat as well. I like I said, there were things about it like it did not and did, <laughs> it did not have me disentertained. I just didn't care about the things that were entertaining me. Like <laughs> The seeing some of the battles and seeing some of the moments and kind of having little characters rise up uh, had me dipping in and out of interest in the film. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, when l- tons of characters are dying and you like, – like Game of Thrones has like a trillion characters in it. And every time one dies, you go, fuck, that guy's dead. Like I'm not good I, with – I got to be honest. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well – Steven binged. But I didn't spend seven years watching yeah, it. Yeah, you binged it. It wasn't like a thing where like you listened to five recap podcasts <laughs> leading into the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, it was just it was a thing that I just never really cared about where I was. And to go back to a thing I've said on other episodes, if I had my internet cut off and I couldn't finish it, I would not be that disappointed. Mm. <laughs> um, and also to be fair... We all thought that the new Coen Brothers film was dropping this weekend on Netflix, and we decided to watch Outlaw King because I went to Netflix and only the trailer was available. So it started from that bar of I could be watching a Coen Brothers film, right? And instead, I was watching Outlaw King. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's a and, tough bar to clear. And in the first five seconds of this episode, I thought when the guy rose his head, it was going to be Mark Strong. <laughs> it was Chris Pine. <laughs> so it was just like. Just just all over the place. It was just fucking up. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I was talking to Pine, not you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like Chris Pine. Even it, no matter what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Even when he's like uh, wrinkling in time or whatever. Sure. He wrinkles well. <laughs> that water was cold. <laughs> I was in the lock! <laughs> uh... 
Anyways, I think that's going to do it for our review of Outlaw King. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. If people want to find me, they can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send us email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the sound track to uh outlaw king i'm i'm doing the shrug emoji yeah. uh thing with my arms because i have no idea if the soundtrack is available i don't, I don't know how otherwise I'll, I'll send you like some scottish music you can play <laughs> sounds good uh so that'll be playing and uh yeah we're gonna take off and uh was this is this review three yeah this review three. oh god damn we got it. two more uh we're gonna go off and give you some more reviews and this was probably the highest energy of the bunch <laughs> Hey, I was pretty high energy on uh, uh, Overlord. That's true, yeah. Um, Way back eight years ago when we <laughs> reviewed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to take off and go get to our last reviews, so see you then. In the last-